Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Brandon, one half of the Football Frame of Mind podcast. We just want to touch base today and go through over some NFL Week 4 recap. Before we start, we just want to take the time out of our day to just say how appreciative and thankful we are for Off the Ball Network. Uh, They've been so gracious to give us a platform to be able to show more of our content to. So we just want to say thank you guys for allowing us to be able to reach more fans, to be able to grow in numbers, and just be able to share our content with more and more different people, you know. Uh, we've been at a steady incline, and uh, we're growing in fandom, and our content's getting better and better. So we just pray and hope in the long run that this move would be beneficial for us and Off the Ball Network as a whole as well. But if we're just going to start getting into NFL Week 4 Recap, I'm going to go over a few games, probably at least four or five games, and we'll see where things shake up at. First game we're going to talk about is maybe the biggest, one of the biggest matchups of this weekend, and that was Miami at Buffalo. Now, for all you guys who haven't been paying attention, Miami may have one of the most, if not the most, explosive offense in the league with Tua, who is an MVP frontrunner, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devin Shane. And a bunch of other guys like Raheem Mostert and guys like that as well. Uh, the question going into this week was, could Buffalo really contain Miami's offense? And could they get over the hump and beat the Dolphins? And, uh, yeah, well, they answered the call. They handed Miami their first loss. They defeated Miami 48-20. to Man, they really held that offense in check. They held Hill and Waddle under 100 yards. No touchdowns between the two of them. Uh, Tua didn't have a terrible game. He completed almost... For 300 yards, a touchdown, but an interception. But if we look on the other side of the Bills, man, Josh Allen, 21 for 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. Diggs went for about a buck 20 with three touchdowns, and Gabriel Davis had a touchdown as well. But let's just look at the defensive side of the ball. They did, like I said before, they did intercept two at once. They forced a fumble, and they did get pressure on him with four sacks as well. I mean, this was a big matchup, two powerhouses in the AFC, and a lot of people thought that Miami was going to go into Buffalo and squeak out a win. But, man, Buffalo answered the call, dropped almost a 50-piece on that Miami defense. Man, that Miami offense just could not get things going. Like I said, two or three for almost 300 yards. But, man, I did not think they were going to be able to hold Hill and Waddle for under 100. So, obviously, Whatever blueprint they were running on defense, a lot of other teams that had to play Miami are going to use that and try to exploit their offense and be able to make sure that they can't take a top off their defense and just run away with games. Like last week, I mean, Miami dropped 70 points in that big blowout win they had. And this week, they were only held to 20 while giving up almost 50 points on defense as well. So, I mean, I think Miami's going to shake back. They're a really strong team on offense, but they need to really take this game and see where they can adjust and how can they make it to where this doesn't happen again. Big deal, big deal. But, I mean, they're going to have to play again regardless. This is an interdivisional matchup, so look forward to seeing when they play again. My next game, it's probably not really a game people are going to be talking about, but it's Pittsburgh at Houston. Man, Houston came to play. They literally held Pittsburgh's offense to little to nothing. Kenny Pickett had no touchdowns, under 200 yards, and an interception. Najee Harris only had 71 yards rushing. And, man, Pickens and these other guys just could not get involved. They just had nothing going on offense, man. If we look at the other team, we look at C.J. Stroud, man, 16 for 30 for 306 yards and two touchdowns. Pierce runs for about 81. Man, Collins for Houston has a big game with seven receptions 
for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz gets a little more involved in the offense. He receives a touchdown as well. And, man, this Texans defense gets an interception. They get two forced fumbles and three sacks on that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Man, I said this, and me and Cam both said this in the preseason, that, man, Houston could be a dark horse in the AFC. Now, I don't know if they're necessarily there yet, but, man, C.J. Stroud is showing a lot of promise. He's showing how pro-ready he really was. And a lot of doubters just didn't think that much of him coming into the draft. Everybody knew that Bryce Young was going to go first overall. Nobody thought C.J. Stroud was going to go first overall. But I'll go back to my preseason predictions with him being Offensive Rookie of the Year, man. He is really showing out. He's showing that he can be a leader. He's showing how pro-ready he is. And he's just showing that, man, he can get the job done when called upon, man. They've got weapons. They've got Damian Pierce. They've got Stroud. They've got Schultz. They've got Tank Dell. They've got Collins. And they have good playmakers on defense as well. Young players, a couple veteran guys here and there, man. Houston with D'Amico Ryans leading that team could be something special, man. I mean, I'm really high on Houston. They're second in their division with that win, sitting at 500 at 2-2 and as well as Pittsburgh, man. I think the Texans could be really interesting moving forward past this first quarter of the season. So all I can say, guys, is watch out for C.J. Stroud because, man, I think he is coming for sure. The next game that I really want to get into, although it was an ugly game, but I mean, if I'm just looking at my preseason predictions, you guys can go back and watch our division by division predictions we had for the NFC, the AFC, we had all the awards, who will, but I'm going to call back to our NFC South prediction video where, man, I mean, me and Cam unanimously agreed that, you know, we agreed that the Saints were going to run away with this division. Uh, and we unanimously agreed that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to be sitting at the bottom of this division. But through the first four weeks of the season, yeah, that's not the case. Tampa comes out and they come to New Orleans and beat the Saints 26-9. to Just a really ugly game for the Saints offense. Man, Baker Mayfield showed promise in this game, man. He just feel, looks like he's really comfortable. He feels – I just – I don't know what it is, man. He's showing flashes of Baker we've seen at Oklahoma as well as like Baker we saw in Cleveland when he brought them back to the playoffs. He just looks comfortable. He, I think he's comfortable where he's at. He's got a fresh start. There's not all this crazy expectations. Nobody thought anything of Tampa Bay going into the season. A lot of people, myself included and Cam included, all thought that Tampa was just going to, you know, just stink, you know, and didn't think that much of Baker Mayfield. But, man, like, he throws for 246. He's got three touchdowns, man. Godwin goes over for over 100 yards. And, man, that Buccaneers defense, Vita Vea gets two sacks, and that defense gets an interception off of Carr as well. Uh, man, the Saints offense just looked really abysmal. Carr throws for under 150 yards, really ugly. Uh, Winston, with, with little time that he played, threw an interception. Uh, Kamara comes back his first game after his suspension, runs for about 51 yards. Man, and Michael Thomas is held to 53 yards, and Chris Olave is held to one reception for four yards. Ah, man, I don't know what this means for New Orleans. I mean, obviously, they still have a pretty elite defense, but, man, they need to get it together on offense because it's not like they don't have weapons. You have Kamara. You have Jamal Williams. You have guys like Michael Thomas. You have guys like Chris Olave. You have Jawan Johnson. You have Foster Morrow whenever he comes back. Like, they have weapons. But their offensive line has been 
performing lackluster, especially earlier on in the season. They need to do better in pass protection, but they need to just get more explosive on offense, man. We need to start completing the ball downfield. We need to start catching the ball downfield. We need to start scoring points, man, because you're not going to win little to any games when you're dropping nine points. Not to say that Tampa Bay, I mean, look, even Mike Evans went out early in this game with injury, and Tampa Bay still dropped 26 on this defense. Not saying 26 is a lot, a lot, but it was more than enough to win this game, man. New Orleans just had no answer for that defense. They were held to nine points, and they just couldn't get anything going. So, I mean, going forward, I think the Saints really need to take a step back and look at what they're doing on offense and their offensive play call, and it just seemed a little off. Just didn't seem like they could get in rhythm, just couldn't get any momentum going. It just... You had plays here and there. It's like, wow, okay, that looks good. And then we miss a throw here or we drop a pass here. Just The the calls were running just like a few calls that, man, they send a guy in motion and he pitches the ball forward. And it's like the defense already knew it was coming before it came, man. Uh, Yeah, but for sure, man, it's a big surprise. Tampa sitting at 3-1 first in the division while the Saints have fallen and dropped down to third behind Atlanta and just above Carolina. But, man, let's move on to, I'd say this will probably be the last game we talk about. Another pretty big game. Not really a big game, but, man, big from the perspective of one team. And that's Arizona and San Francisco. San Francisco showed how prolific they can be on offense, man. They went 35-16 against a depleted Arizona Cardinals team led by Josh Dobbs, who really didn't have a terrible game. Threw for 265 yards. Through two touchdowns, but man, this Cardinals defense just had no answers for the 49ers. Brock Purdy, out of 21 passes, he completes 20 of 21 passes for 283 yards and a touchdown. CMC, 20 carries for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk, six receptions for 148 yards. And then we go back to CMC with another seven catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers look very dangerous. I was already very high on their defense with guys like Bosa and Hargrave and Warner and just the, the defense is loaded. They only gave up 16 points. That's not bad. But, man, this offense is, is gaining steam, man. Purdy looks really good. He seems poised. He seems comfortable. Man, they're just getting hot, man. They look really good. And CMC, man, you can see a difference. Look at all those years he was in Carolina, man. He was considered to be one of the best backs, but he was always hurt. But you see the difference when you have really good blocking out there on the West Coast compared to you being in Carolina and you're having to do too much and you're getting consistently injured. He looks awesome, man. And the pass game and the run game, they just don't have these other teams just don't have an answer for him. And they have got and Brandon Ayuk, man, has really stood out this year as well, man. Everybody already knew he was really good, but it just seems like he's trying to take a major step forward not being in Debo Samuel's uh, footsteps or in his shadow or anything like that. I think this offense is dangerous. Uh, Very unimpressed with George Kittle, man. Uh, I've got him on fantasy and one catch for nine yards. But, I mean, you've got to look at it like this. Just the different weapons they have between Purdy and CMC, Elijah Mitchell, guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, a lot of guys, including George Kittle. You've got the best, one of the best tackle in the game in Trent Williams. I mean, this team is loaded from top to bottom. And like I said, in my NFC West prediction or even my Super Bowl prediction, man, the Niners have a legit shot to make a run to the Super Bowl. 
they're one of the only undefeated teams left besides, I want to say, Philadelphia, who still looks pretty good as well, who, man, the Eagles won in close fashion against the Commanders in overtime. But I'm pretty sure we'll get on that subject another time. But, man, the Niners just look really good. The Niners look really hot. And, man, we're only in week, we're only finishing week four at this point. Imagine where we'll be week eight, week nine, week ten. Once, like, things are really hitting stride, this team could be in a really good position. I mean, I haven't taken a really good look at their schedule, but I don't see many other teams giving this team many struggles. I just think their defense is loaded. I think they have great camaraderie and chemistry on defense. And, man, this offense, I think it's just going to keep getting better and better as Purdy just gets more and more comfortable in this Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, he looked awesome last year. And everybody thought that with his injury that, you know, maybe he wouldn't look the same or maybe he would have struggles. But, man, like, as of right now, he's not having struggles. He looks really good. And, man, like I said, besides Philadelphia, the NFC could run through San Francisco, man. I mean, that would be a really entertaining NFC championship game for sure. Some other teams, just to talk about it, like we said, the Eagles won in close fashion. Against the Commanders, a pretty close scare. I want to say it was 37-34 in overtime, man. The Eagles, they pull it together. They rally and they finish. But, man, like we were talking about in our other videos, man, the Commanders, they're not a pushover. They may not be the best team in their division. It may be up for debate if they're third or fourth. But, man, they're loaded on defense. They've got weapons on offense. Like, it's not impossible for them to be able to beat teams. But, uh... If we go to one other team, man, I, I don't really care to talk about the Cowboys, especially with the fact that they played my Patriots. But, man, they they completely beat the brakes off of the Patriots. It, it wasn't even close. It won by pretty much 30 points. Dallas looks good. Uh, I'm still not completely sold on them. I mean, I won't ever buy into Dallas until we get the playoff time and we can see if they make the playoffs, are they going to make a run? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? We don't know. But, man, I think through the first four weeks of the season, it's been really interesting uh, trying to see teams establish themselves, players make a name for themselves, and just we're trying to see where some of the dominoes are going to start to fall. Who are teams that we feel like are going to make a good playoff push? Who are teams that we think are going to win their division or maybe squeak into the playoffs and make some noise and maybe knock off some of these bigger teams like, say, the Eagles or the Niners or teams like that, man. There's just so much to talk about that, you know. Obviously, it's just me, but you know, I mean, Cam's put in a lot of really hard work, and you guys, I mean, I really want to express how much I'm grateful to have a great partner like that, man. We work really good together. We're pretty much the same football fan, man. We just, uh, we have differences in perspective sometimes, and we, obviously, we share differences in teams. He's a big Ravens fan. I'm a big Patriots fan. Our secondary teams, he's still... Likes to fall back with guys like, let's just say, like, if we go back to college, Alabama, Missouri, stuff like that. And I, I like the Saints as a hometown team. But, man, I just wish you guys would just show, show Cam some love, show your gratitude, man, because he puts in a lot of hard work that makes all of this possible. But, man, I just want to express how thankful we are for you guys, all the subscriptions, all the likes, comments. We just want to express how thankful we are for Off the Ball Network. Man, we're nearing 8,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're gaining Steamboat Off the Ball Network as well. Guys, thank you so much for your support. The time y'all have watched, the time that y'all have just showed appreciation, all these things, man. We just so, so grateful. 
And uh, whenever this hits YouTube, Off the Ball Network, we just appreciate if you guys would just like, comment, please subscribe, because, man, we have so much good content. We have NFL content. We have college content. We have our What If series content. We have all of our preseason prediction content, which you guys should definitely go check that out and see like how things are adding up as of right now between college and NFL. And we're going to start a new open discussion segment as well where we're going to talk about like polarizing subjects and controversial topics and just look back on things or look towards the future on things and just share our perspectives and you know we would really like to hear you guys' perspectives so just keep your eyes and your ears open for that but man we just want to thank you like i said like comment subscribe make sure you hit that bell notification so you do not miss a beat but for now this is nfl week four recap this is brandon signing off